Yeah, uh, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, somebody likes it. Uh, we actually do enjoy doing this show, and we appreciate your listenership. Yes, you guys, uh, if you want to send us an email, send it to somebody at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook. Yo. There's a GIF that was floating around on, on Twitter uh, a couple of days ago during the second presidential debate that was just like, it was like a, it was like a point of view shot of a, of a driver in an Indy car that lost its wheels and was careening into a wall. Like that was his metaphor for like every, like, and they're like, all that stuff's painful. But the, the thing that, um, the thing that I, I do think that was really interesting about this last, uh, whatever this last presidential, presidential debate, debate town hall. Yeah. Whatever you call it was the emergence of one, um, Kenneth Bone, who <laughs> let's just say Ken Bone. I've just well, kind of, I've just kind of seen the name around, and I and there's something about a red sweater involved, so I'm not I, really sure. I watched him ask the question. I'm kind of unclear on how he's having so much internet fame at the moment. Um, well, I think his his name is so amazing, and he was such a like sort of caricature. And I guess he was the last guy that they. He was the last guy. But the, here's the thing that also that like nobody is talking about is that um, Anderson Cooper says his name funny. He calls him Ken Bone. <laughs> bone. <laughs> bone, like a like as though he's like in Wayne's World or something. Look at the bone. <laughs> yeah, if you bone. go back and listen to it, he's like Kenneth Bone. <laughs> it's like I can't even. This probably won't yeah. raise the level of discourse very much, but there's a certain type of uh, uh, we'll just call them breasts um, that if they're of a certain size, I like to call them bubes. B e w b s. No, it's, you're right. It's not. Uh, it's not going to raise the level of discourse. Let's be clear. The level of discourse. The level of discourse. Like you should was, be on Wayne's World. Was not high to begin with. It's true. Um. Anyway, I guess we had to get this chip going. Yeah, I'm. Ha- I'm happy to be here with all you guys. So let's. Let's. Uh. I don't. Let's just. Let's do this. Who are well, we? Um. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> Can you let me do it? Can you let me say it first? I don't know, man. My yeah. name comes first, and I was just about to say it, so I'm going to start right here. I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. And I'm Mark. This is Somebody Likes It. ACL's over. I don't know what that really means. Yeah, so here's the thing. Like, in order for me to, like, and maybe, I don't know if I talked about this last week. but I, mean, we, we, I don't think we even brought up ACL. We were going to, Austin and then we, then we didn't. This is what we're talking yeah, about. So, yeah, so, yeah. The festival, so not Austin, the show. Austin City Limits Festival now, which is two back-to-back weekends. Like, uh, I determined, because the weather was perfect. Like, it was absolutely ideal. And for the people who went, like, the lineup was, it seemed like, from what I gleaned was pretty good but i thought in order for me to like actually go to the trouble at picking up acl tickets it's like i would have to a be guaranteed that the weather would be like that like nine months in advance which i don't know i haven't seen that kind of forecast yet but bring it i think you can get those like almanacs at the grocery store like the farmer's almanac like they they, <laughs> yes. they tend to they try to predict Super the, the, yeah. the weather yeah. for yeah. the year so <laughs> next year you you should you should consult the farmer's almanac before you possibly do buy or don't buy ACL either tickets. That, either that or have a look at the, the Mayan calendar, I believe it, as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Those are both pretty reputable oh, sources of weather. Sure, and like uh, pinpoint accuracy, as the, as the case may be. So, yeah, so it would, it would have to be that, and the lineups would have to, like, 
it would have to be somebody that I really wanted to see. But mostly, I would just have to be guaranteed that, like, oh, like, and like you know, there's just maybe not as many people. One of my favorite. So you just have a few caveats. <laughs> yeah, just a few. It's like um like your favorite bar on a Tuesday. That's the version of uh that's the version of ACL. Well, here, here's I what I appreciate about ACL, and I didn't go this year, but um. Uh, one of my Facebook friends, who I know a little bit in real life too, um, I love how you just put that. Well, yeah, I mean, who, who I know a little bit in there real are, life. There I, are people on my sure. Facebook feed that what? that I've never met. Oh no, we're all aware of what a just a Facebook yeah. like friend in and of itself is, but it's just a funny thing to say. If somebody had heard you say that like 15 years ago, like they'd be, "What the fuck are you talking about?" So anyway, dude posts uh, like right as the festival's about to get started. He's like, radio. He lived close enough to Zilker Park where the festival was that he's like. Um, Dude, I can totally hear Radiohead sound checking right now, and that's that's gotta be cool. Yes, that is cool. So yeah. I did get to see Radiohead. You did, and it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So you went? I, I went. Yeah, I went weekend one, just on the Friday, yeah. and really just to see Radiohead. Yeah, um, and it was yeah, it, it was a pretty. I've heard they're an okay band. Yeah, I know what the one I time I think that they might find some fame out of this ACL. Good for yeah, them. They should stick with it. Uh, the one time I was going to see them, uh, they were opening for REM, and I think they had just put out the Benz, and I got there late and missed them. Was that at South Park Meadows? No, that's when I was living in oh, Indiana. Okay. I saw. Oh wait, but I they were at that, South Park Meadows. I saw them that that tour with REM at South Park Meadows. Yeah, yeah I'm a little jealous right now. That was I, the last time I, I saw them. I felt like the kid whose like ice cream cone had just fallen apart and. Dropped on the pavement. <clears throat> oh, that's so sad. Anyway, so yeah, ACL's behind us. Uh, everybody who was in town catching bands, uh, the whatever, the 75K that you know, floods Zilker Park are all gone now. Yeah. 75K a there day. There may still be some wandering lost around the airport. Well, and those who live here. Whatever, God but. damn, we have a lot of fucking festivals in this city. It's yeah, it's true. true. I mean, in in like festivals, like I mean, I'm gonna start one, call it Festival Fest. <laughs> yeah, I think I was, that I was gonna do. Uh, it was all year long. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna yeah, do really. think about it fest and be like, what's it like? Well, you just have to think about it, and just consider what the possibilities might be. <laughs> all right, we should. Who's the lineup? <laughs> well, who, do you, who would you want to be there? That's <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, uh, yeah. So yeah, let's get a, let's get to the meat of the show, man. Shane, this is your. It is, yeah. I'm so kind of, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, I know that you're a bit of a masochist with these I'm things. Extremely sometimes. surprised. Oh, I'm not talking. No, 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 no. This too on the way over here. Look, he this surprised. is my. This is how I feel about this show. Like, there's definitely sometimes that I will pick records just because it's fucking funny to make you guys listen to them. But this is like a legacy record. I mean, this is one of the largest artists in the world. It's like arguably his. This is the album that put him on the map, you know, and it's the kind of shit that I think that we need to take on to discuss. However, having said that, I fucking hate this album. I knew you were gonna. Like, <laughs> like from the guy who doesn't like saxophone and rock music. Jesus, well, that's dude. it's not just that, but there's lots and lots of stuff that I did not like about this album. I guess... Look, I really appreciate Bruce Springsteen, and I can appreciate some of the songs. In fact, I can appreciate, I appreciate the, him as a person. The record that came out before this, I can't think of the name of it. It's it's like a couple Is streets the, in the e- something something Asbury in the East Street, Park, New Jersey. No, no, no. That's right. the first one. It was the one. When in, was Nebraska? Was that after? That's this? later. Yeah. But it's it's the it's like something in the East Street. It's the second record he put out. That album is fucking awesome. It's got horns on it and shit, not just like solo sax. I mean, this has got like. It basically boils down to I just don't like that really dramatic songwriting. Well, like you, you know about when I 
saw Bruce Springsteen live. Do you know about this? I don't know. You my may have talked about it on the my show. My girlfriend, uh, the Wild, the Innocent, and the E Street Shuffle. That album is, is 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 really good. My ex girlfriend used to apply to like every contest under the sun, and so she won tickets to it from a radio station, and it was the fucking weirdest thing I've ever witnessed. It yeah, you have talked about this on the show, but I can't remember what it was. Well, it's just it's well, it's it was like a Broadway production. Um, there were like twelve people on stage. It was very highly choreographed. People there dressed like like uh, Bruce Springsteen, circa you know nineteen eighty four. Yeah, born in the USA with yeah. a with a bandana. The it was yeah, bandanas, ripped jeans, like you know flannel or you know whatnot, and to the point where. Said girlfriend and I, uh, for Halloween that year, went as Bruce Springsteen fans. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's the once removed costume. Those are great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've been on record before as saying that, like, I I legitimately, and it's like, I don't have any animosity toward Bruce Springsteen one way or the other. I just don't get how he's famous. Like, I, I honestly, get how it, like, but that said, like, let me, I'll just, this is a quick point. The, the like, that's the great thing about this show is we can kind of go back to a Genesis point of like where whatever it is that catapulted him into fame took place. And I, and I got that. I felt like I, we found that moment with Elvis and I feel like even though I don't, you know, like there are things that I really enjoy about this record and a lot of it I could kind of care less about, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but I do, I can kind of see how some of the bombast went over. Okay. What? I can see I can see that how it went over what 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 are you saying went over like how what people liked about it how, or yeah, loved how about people, it how people connected with no it. I get why he's famous I I just don't I I just didn't understand I understand why other people might like this kind of stuff here's like, what Bruce Springsteen is to me he's the salmon of music now let me clarify <laughs> oh, I um, totally got what I, totally I don't get it I don't right care there. for yeah. salmon. Yeah. Uh, but salmon seems perfectly pleasant. Uh, lots of people I know like salmon. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with you if you like salmon. I just it it doesn't do a damn thing for me. It tastes kind of fishy. Um, yeah, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I mean that, that that all that all makes sense. There are, there I, are yeah. points on this album where I can definitely see a jumping off point for those people that would at some point become Meatloaf fans. Well, well and yeah, I was and just I, about I, to. S- it's not as bad as Meatloaf, but I it is theatrical. No, but, it but, is, it is but you, when we were, orchestrated. when we talked about like when we, I think Mark, you were the one that brought it up when we talked about meatloaf and I hate to even bring them up in this. I hate to bring anybody up that's worth a shit in the same breath as meatloaf because I don't want anybody to think that I'm equating the two in any way because I'm not. However, having said that, you could definitely hear a lot of the, well, meatloaf is like that, rip- that, that bad out of hell record, a lot of the music behind it ripped off a lot of songs on this fucking record to the point where I was like, "Ugh, like I don't know what, how to feel about this. I can't. I don't even know if I can well, genuinely listen like, to like it." Bad regional theater, and this is like the original uh, cast recording of Born to Run, starring Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe that's that's you know what we. Uh, why don't we talk? I mean, a lot of talk. Why don't Why don't we actually just listen to Born to Run?
a ghost of Clarence Clemens on line one. Mm, yeah, tell him I'll uh, call him back. <laughs> tell, tell him I'll go ahead and give him a call back. Yeah. I think Clarence Clemens and David Sanborn were the two saxophone players that caused my extreme hatred of saxophone and rock music. Yeah. Just, oh, man, I just can't. I don't understand. Seems I just like don't he's a nice get it. Guy, but yeah, let, so let does Bruce Springsteen. It's yeah. iconic. I mean, all this music. The musicians get, on this album. Sure. Amazing. There are amazing musicians. And, you know, for some people, this is amazing songwriting. For me personally, it's, you know how I feel about this is how I, I was thinking about, okay, so we've done a lot of albums on this show by people that, or iconic that I hadn't really listened to before and I walked away with a new understanding and also appreciation. like appreciation of Bob Dylan is one sure. um, with Bruce Springsteen not at all I didn't like one single song on this record I didn't get it I don't understand it but I understand like why people mo- would like it I think and the musicianship is really good and it's kind of what I think that a lot of people would say about the Smiths, like if they, if I were like, oh, you know, like, like people who just don't get it, that just don't get it, but they're like, I mean, well, Johnny Marr's amazing and the band is amazing. I just don't, you know, all the way through, like, I just don't, I just don't the, get it. It's just not my thing. Some of the parts don't add up. For right, right, and yeah. I understand that completely. And that's how I feel about Springsteen. There are a like, lot of parts in the E Street Band, man. Like literally, I was not yeah. exaggerating when I counted. There were twelve people on stage playing at the same can, time. Can I just say that, like, I think um, the the name. Well, the, this is actually true. Dude, the, the name of the bass player is a uh, Gary Talent. Which I think is a really great name for a bass player. I didn't realize this. Mark uh, Mark has the uh, the Wikipedia uh, page up, and we're looking at the E Street personnel. David Sanborn played Barry Sax on this record, so I did not there know that. Go. But yeah. I've got my two favorite saxophone players on one fucking record. Well, and um, and Max Weinberg, who many may know from his stints on late night TV, uh, plays drums on all the tracks except for Born to Run. So anyway, yeah, no, it's like. It, the cast of characters looms large, and this was actually before Stephen Van Zant. Uh, I don't know how little little Stephen was at this point, but like he was not in the band yet. Probably littler. Yeah, looks like he just he did the horn arrangements. Yeah, but yeah, that that, that was the, the scuttlebutt. I think they go was, way back, don't they? Like Van Zant and Trinity. I think they're both from Asbury Park. They're like know. good friend. They were good yeah. friends from like way back. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, you know, I remember when I was a kid. I don't want to just make this about me and like how much I don't get or understand this music. Um, there are a lot of great people out there. Some of them great, some of them not, and but a lot of them bond over. Like, okay, I'll tell you a good example is how um, um, Jesus Christ, why am I, uh, Chris Christie, the current governor of New Jersey, and John Stewart, like they have. That's their one shared. That's the thing. one thing that they can bond over is their love of Bruce and Springsteen. I think maybe just being from New Jersey, you well, just I, get this shit more. I think if you're from Austin, Texas, that's how you are about Willie. Doesn't matter where well, Willie, you fall sure. on the spectrum. But I'm not like a huge Towns Van Zant fan. No, but I'm saying and, Willie and Nelson for, is the for for our uh, British listeners. We're talking about Willie Nelson, not about penises. Not penises. Yes, Thank you, sure. Thanks, thanks for clearing that. Yeah. Well, and the, uh, well, if you live in Austin, Texas, he goes by one name. You, know, oh, you, yeah. Know, yeah, you don't you say, say Willie Nelson. Like, you just say Willie. Like he's like everybody's grandfather. Mm-hmm. That smokes pot. If, if that smokes pot, if you not that everybody's grandfather smoked pot, but 
you know, he's like Your everybody's grandfather. grandfather if he'd, yeah, that's true, yes. Like, you know, I almost feel bad that I'm not more into this record because I really like Bruce, Bruce Springsteen as a person. I would totally go get a beer with him. Yeah. But, and talk about anything but music. Well, he, you know, he, the reason why I was thinking about putting this record out, um, number one, just because it's so iconic, but also because he just put out that autobiography a couple of weeks ago, also titled Born to Run. And um, I mean, the guy has been through some, I would love to, I think I would thoroughly enjoy reading that book in a way that I could never, ever enjoy listening to this record. Though I will tell you one great thing about it is that uh, it's only 10 songs long and unlike Meatloaf, there's only one like long one on it. So, yeah. or eight songs it's, long. Yeah, it's I was, eight I was, songs I was long. like, I think you're inflating. Um, yeah, yeah, it's only eight songs long. So yeah, so, so part of, to set the scene, like part of the way that this record came together was that he had he had put out a couple of albums and the and they had essentially been promoted like he was you know whatever the modern like that mid 70s version of Dylan was supposed to yeah, be like, like a troubadour he, type yeah he was like he was the who the torch was being passed to and then and for whatever reason like it sounds like maybe they didn't move I don't know if it was like just they didn't move a ton of units or like it wasn't living up to the promise that that they thought that it was living up to and this was like essentially like his last chance to grab the to really grab the ring, and so I think uh, yeah, the impression that I get is that is that that has a lot to do with like some of the over the top nature of this record because it's a it's a departure to a certain extent from like how he'd been promoted and who his persona had been to that point. Right, he does go back down. I mean, Nebraska is 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 not as over the top on on a, mm-hmm. on a lot of elements. And then he goes back up with with uh, Born in the USA, which again Born well, in the Well, tell you what, like Born in the USA, that was I mean that record was everywhere, but um Dancing in the Dark, which is from that record, was playing the first time I ever French kissed a girl. Wow. And I will a, never hear that song that like a, again without thinking nor will we. A wonderful yeah. St- yeah. <laughs> yeah. If if you could just stop it, I'll never hear this. But song. I, I don't hate like, all Bruce Springsteen songs. Dancing like, in the Dark is a great song. That's, that's, that's a good song. The li- it's a good Glory Days in concert, and that was that was Glor- excellent. Glory Days is a good song. Those are those are also good stories. Dancing in the Dark is it's got great lyrics in it too, mm-hmm. but it's also just a great pop song. The the album after that, Tunnel of Love, has got some great pop songs on do it we, where he scales it way back. Do we think that it's at least possible that part of the Part of the reason that this album ends up landing is because he's always had he's always had like a hearty work ethic. I mean, and nowhere more so than on stage. And so I feel like he kind of made his bones on stage, regardless of what his stage persona. Or Dude, like it was what crazy his artist persona. Uh, at that show. He was probably in his mid fifty, mid to late fifties, and he was running around like a teenager. Like it's crazy. Like uh, he was running around after a teenager. Sure. Yeah, they like he was crazy. No, they, I think he must. He must like, go to the same the gym as Iggy Pop, because uh, like those guys are spry and they're old. Yeah. No. Well, and I'm sure that if you run around for four hours or whatever, that'll kill some calories. Oh yeah. I remember talking to my stepmother at the time, uh, not long after um, Born in the USA. In between Born in the USA and and uh, Tunnel of Love came out. I was like, yeah, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. She's like, you have to see him live. And this is well, this is like a 25-year-old woman. I so really what it comes down to is that Bruce Springsteen is like hockey. You know? It's, I'll it's, give you that. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's more well, interesting you if see you see it, see it live. live. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, okay. The other thing was like uh, most of his set list, it, it was long, uh, were songs I had never heard. And people hold up posters with requests, and he plays them. 
He's like, it's a whole cult. And also, like, Jesus, the guy is in his mid-60s, and he's still playing, like, three and a half hours a night, like, every show he mm-hmm. plays. That's crazy town, like, with all the rehearsals that go into it. Like, they know all those goddamn songs. Like, um, I was just reading, I forget who it was, that somebody passed away, and uh, who was a f- big fan of the album, and, and that night, uh, they were playing in England, and they dedicated Born to Run to him, and then played the album in its entirety. Like on the fly, they just found out he died. Like oh, that's, that's fucking rehearsal, man. Yeah, I mean nobody's nobody's that's also a really nice gesture. The, the guy seems like he's an amazing. Pro- I get why people would be drawn to these songs, these stories. They're 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 you know kind of stories of the heartland, even though it's in New Jersey ostensibly. Well, and it's like like you know us against the world. Yeah, there's that, but then you know, like Born in the USA is it's, it gets pretty acidic, like some of that stuff, sure. like Glory Days and Born in the USA. I mean, that's definitely an answer to the Reagan years. Well, you remember Reagan was like using it, uh, using Born in the USA <laughs> like at his rallies and stuff. And, and it's so, and it's sort and, of like the it, it's, no, it's it's yeah. like Vicini in in the Princess Bride. Like you yeah. keep on playing this song. I do not think <laughs> it, it means what you think no, it it's means. Like people who have their you know first dance after their wedding to every breath you every take. Breath t- yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you think uh, so? I think maybe you're not listening. So, six months of the 14 month production on this album was spent on this one song, on Born to Run. On Born to Run. Yep, that's true. That's that's crazy. That's crazy to me. I mean, because, that's because that, apparently he he was says here on Wikipedia that the the seer of all things uh, that Springsteen battled with anger and frustration over the album, saying he heard sounds in his head that he could not explain to the others in the studio. But it sounds like in that way, like it sounds very much, it sounds very similar to, I mean, not musically similar, but it sounds a little bit similar to the maniacal process that went into like Kevin Shields work on, um, the my bloody Valentine record that we covered. Loveless. Loveless. Yeah. 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 Like in that, in that, like he had this sort of like, you know, whatever, like the, the, he had his, he had his Mozart moment. And it was like I can't I can't write fast enough to get yeah. everything down. Well, on I the think, page. but I think they recorded different versions in too. a situation like this, where if you're if you're like just going over and over and over on one song or so certain aspects of a song, you end up getting something that's overproduced. And I don't think that I don't think that's the case here. I mean, yeah, there's a I, shit d- I just ton like of this stuff. song less than the rest of the record. Yeah, but I mean, so. there's a shit ton of stuff going on in this song, but it, I think it's very well arranged. Like I said, I think the musicians are amazing. I, I mean, I'll I'll give you that. Yeah, I don't particularly like the song either. But the one one I think that he was, it, I think there was a lot of writing and rewriting going on with it. And I know for a fact that they recorded at least one song with different lyrics, one version of the song with different lyrics, because you can read it. And then he was originally considering bookending the album with different, or maybe it was Thunder Road, but I think it was Born to Run, bookending it with two different versions, like two versions with different lyrics at least. That's just indecisiveness. I have a question. So so has he always been the boss, or did he have to start at a lower position and then work his way up? Yeah, he was like, boss. He was the assistant for he was the, you know, around this time. The, the assistant yeah, I, to the boss. I wish somebody would go by that and see if anybody got the joke. Like, it encouraged um, people to call themselves the assistant. Yeah, so so there are so so there are a couple of things I think that are noteworthy that we haven't talked about. One is that this record just turned forty, like uh, in August, and so uh, I'll I want to share a snippet, but um, uh, well, well, yeah, well, let's do that first. So so anyway, the consequence of sound 
does a thing where they go back and they rank records or whatnot. And it's not quite a pitchfork approach. But the thing that you mentioned earlier, Shane, about like kind of distilling this through the version of it that you first encountered in your childhood, I think feels like a pretty popular refrain, even if the way that you interpreted it was not like some sort of whatever Jersey Shore strain on that. So this guy says, and he's going to he's going to have a little bit of a different take than you. But this is the, the guy who wrote this for Consequence of Sound said, um, I'll just read a little snippet. He says, for, uh, so for this installment of ranking the album, I'd like to put the grown-up critic in me to sleep and let the inner nine-year-old stay up past his bedtime. That's the age when I first heard Born to Run during a road trip or two to Cocoa Beach, Florida, on, on my dad's stereo while he was lifting weights and just playing around the house whenever family was cleaning, eating, and doing nothing at all. I'm sure I heard it all in one sitting at some point, but when you're a kid, you can only remember one or two songs at a time. As such... I recall Born to Run slowly revealing itself across several months. That's how I remember it. So for all intents and purposes, that's how it happened. That's one thing, like what you just said about, you know, when you listen, like music you, that you listen to when you're in your formative years, that with that, I had the exact opposite thing. Like I would think I was 11 the first time I heard Born in the USA. Like, and it just, it just didn't affect me in any way. But maybe he was from New Jersey, right? Maybe there was something... Maybe yeah, there's some maybe there's something to kid. do with that. I'm telling you, like people from New Jersey love Bruce Springsteen. It's yeah, like, I know. It's kinda of like David Hasselhoff to German Germany. Or Willie Nelson, not the dick, to Austin, Texas. Or mm. uh or whatever, the or the hip to Canada. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there's there's all kinds of stuff. You wanna hear another one? Yeah, let's do uh let's let's do the other single off of this one. Um uh, what's the crap? The Tenth Avenue Freeze Out. Yeah, yeah. Let's do Tenth Avenue Freeze Out. separate saxophone players in that song so yeah i think Shane, there's like alto welcome. uh yeah there's a there's a sax. there's a full-on uh i don't mind horn sections man i it's it's the so it's the sax solos and Dude, i consistently have said this fine. no that I, song is the best song on the record yeah that yeah. song is the one i mean in my it's opinion totally that's totally fine if it's if it's on the radio like i might listen to it I yeah might, right i might flip around i might flip i probably would flip around but if everything else sucked on all the other stations yeah, and i had yeah, to I, end, I'd, end, I'd end on that, that one yeah it'd be fine I mean, but the word, you know, there's, there's some faint praise there. solid six, man. <laughs> a, a solid six. It's like, it's like it Ryan King of the backhanded, tepid compliment. Uh, but no, I thought, I was thinking much the same thing. I was going to say, yeah, you know what? This is, I don't hate this song. Yeah, yeah. If I had to pick one song on this album that 
I didn't hate it. Was this song? That would be that one. Yeah, yeah. it's a pretty, so, pretty decent song. So I, I, I teased that there were two things, and we went through the first one. The other, and the other is that um, he just put a, Springsteen just put out a book not very long ago. I just was. We just were you. Well, where were you? We I were was, just talking about this like eight minutes ago. Well, okay. but but the thing that I the the thing that I think is is noteworthy about that is that there is the in the AV Club review of that of that work there is kind of an interesting moment where they compare they certainly compare him to Dylan who was like originally set up to be his like who set up to be his forebear and then also and I thought this was kind of a curious uh comparison uh David Lee Roth and the and the, that's curious well and and the way that they the way that this guy positions it and I won't read it but like the way that this guy positions it is that you know Dylan was always the um introspective troubadour who like kind of shied away from the spotlight and uh david lee roth was the exact opposite who like hung on to it with both hands like like well, it was and fleeting and, and eventually was. both run around the stage a whole lot or at least well the, used the, to. the point that was is the, the dumbest comparison i well the the point being again uh, the point being here that uh that that somehow or another springsteen has managed according to this guy to straddle sort of both worlds and being an everyman and a rock star guy at the same time. Like like the kind of guy who you would see on stage for four hours, but if you walked into your local pub, you'd sit down and have a beer and it wouldn't be a big deal. And they're like, and I don't know. I mean, well, I, see, persona-wise, I could see how maybe some people might feel here's that Here's what's way. weird to me about Bruce Springsteen is because his public persona is this like, you know, gritty working man, you know, man of the people kind of thing. The music is really elaborate. Um, like yeah. and polished, but is but is it's lyrics. That's what a lot of people are really. Is that what it is? Yeah, a lot of like in this uh, in this album um, in Nebraska and Born in the USA. Like a lot of these, like his his whole, um, like his whole reputation was made on the on the on the strength of his lyrics. Like a, a lot of that. Like he was the new. He had the new Dylan tag for a little while, thrown around and stuff like that. That's what people really respond to. Um, you know, when they go see that stuff live, they respond to a different thing. But I think they fall in love with this this guy as much as they do because of his lyrics. They respond to the lyrics. We don't. No. But a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, true. I don't. I don't disrespect his lyrics. I just don't listen to them because I'm not into the music. There's a there's a really Fair amazing uh, Todd Berry bit where he talks about meeting this this bartender and uh, somewhere in New York or whatever, and he he said, "Does anybody ever come in here?" Uh, who's famous or whatever. And the guy said, yeah, Bruce Springsteen came in here once and he said, Oh yeah. How was he? He was like, well, he was cool, but he stayed and he stayed for about an hour and he was supposed to meet some friends, uh, but they never showed up and he left. And he was like, I think that's great that somebody who is as massively famous as Bruce Stringstreet stood still up by getting, his buddies. <laughs> stood up by his no good fucker friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then he goes on to, you know, sort of do some screechy version of Springsteen talking about being courted by little Steven junkies. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, like the like the fact of the matter is is like there is some sort of like weird East Coast spell that uh that he like he a hold that he seems to have over that. I part mean, of the it makes sense especially. to me. It, it 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 makes sense to me in a lot. Of, he, he represents and he, when when you say like you know, he's known for representing the working man or the common man. Again, if you go back like and you look at uh, if you look at his lyrics and look at like born what he represents. Not only that, but like the political causes he's taken up, the the stuff that he's tried to raise awareness of. I no, mean, that's he, true. Like, and I I'm telling you, I would love to sit down and have a beer with guy. 
Yeah, that's like, what seems like a prince of a guy. But wouldn't it be kind of funny if it turns out he was really kind of a prick? Like, you know, to his band, like, like a real tyrant. Like, like the whole, like the whole thing that, you know, like we were talking about this with the flaming lips. Like they, they said that Beck would like, he would, he would take a, t- take a limousine into like a couple blocks away from the show, and get dropped get off an and car. get like an old Honda. Yeah. yeah. That sounds about right. All, All right. right. Should we get to the middle? Let's do, let's do some intermission music. So, for um, a few minutes with, I thought we'd go all the way back to the beginnings of uh, MTV and a a track from the formative days. Um, This is a a track by The Tubes uh, called She's a Beauty. This video and song may be the one reason for everything that is wrong with me. Today. <laughs> everything? Just everything. This, How much this may have been the formative thing in my youth that just steered me the wrong way. Whatever it was, I used to watch this video. I was telling Kevin with like one eye on the TV, one eye on the door, making sure that my mom didn't walk in. This was like the closest thing to porn that I understood. As a small child, it's pretty. It's pretty purient. porny. Yeah, I was gonna say purient, purient, uh, yeah, salacious. This, um, I think, this video is fascinating for a variety of reasons. Um, one of which is the little, the boy who is the kind of the main character in the thing, who's on the ride, grew up to become um, Alexis Arquette. The famed uh, trans no member shit, of the that, that Arquette that, that just died. passed I away not very long ago. Did not know that. Yeah, that's totally true. I was I was like, wondering who the kid was because I was thinking like, you know, that person probably in their forties now is going to be like, I've got a really weird story for you. And yeah. No. That well, was only can, the beginning should we of say like sort of what it, it, it opens with um, this carnival barker kind of guy? And they're already into the song, and there's a like a like a big, you know, circus carnival picture behind him of like a woman in a very skimpy outfit with like you know four inch long stiletto heels and you can see part of her nipple coming out of the even though it's just painted it's like you know from like the there, 20s or 30s boob imagery in that oh, yeah they, yeah the, the ride actually bursts through a, a nipple at one point and the bass drums dual bass drums both yeah. have nipples on them oh and we didn't talk about the what the ride was all of a sudden this little kid is sitting on this ride and there's this woman 
bucks him. He's sitting on a woman. They're they're on this cart and they're going on these like little train tracks or whatever. Very buxom woman with a with a silver mask on her face, and she's got this sort of like this implement that that kind of reminds me of you know like BDSM, like restraining him back, like the like how the bar on a um, on a roller coaster ride would be. It's like the like, handle of a whip or something. It, yeah, but it's like a handle of a whip, yeah, and she's holding to kind it. Of be both, I think. Like yeah, that's the way. That yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. pretty. I thought the the imagery was spelled out, but then at the end of the video, he's old. He's old, and so I think it's trying to say like he's just gonna be on the rides of you know women are just gonna string him along for the rest of his life. Like I, I felt like it was a pretty misogynistic I mean, I always, video I at the end of the day. It was, and this was, granted, even when I was younger, I what I took away from it was kind of like. This this was this kid's rite of passage and like his maturing, He's becoming a man. Yeah, and then well, just like that's what I thought at first until it was old and until he was old at the very end of the video. And at the end of the video, I took away like something different. Like maybe there was some symbolism. Like, hey, guess what? You're gonna be you're gonna be taken for a ride for the rest of your life, little that boy. Could be. Yeah, that makes sense. Here's here's another little nugget. So this uh, this video was directed by a guy named Kenny Ortega. Who also oh, did oh he, he did the, the best video of all time <laughs> yes and he also did uh, yeah they give him credit for dirty like the choreographing movies like uh, Dirty Dancing and Ferris Bueller's Day Off but we uh, don't care about that Billy all Squire, <laughs> all we want to hear about is Billy the Squire the man who brought down <laughs> Billy Squire's career yeah <laughs> yeah I I knew when the fervor went up that that's where you guys were going but yeah so yeah so that happened too and then. Um, and then the other thing was, and like I just this kind of struck me funny, is like uh, in doing a little bit of reading on the on the tubes because I remember this I remember this track like when this I actually like the like, song I, I mean, do too I like the song fine I like the like, chorus the it's chorus nostalgia really for me but like, yeah. it's a good chorus but the rest of it is like it's not very you know that's anyway, exactly how it sounds like, yeah. Seinfeld it kind of sounds like that go back and listen it sounds very much like the Seinfeld theme anyway it's got that pretty good chorus though. Yeah. So the so anyway, the, I guess the other point is is that um, this band was, I guess, part of like a big part of the Phoenix music scene of the early '80s, and uh, and it just goes to show you, like at least for me, like kind of like what a like a weird like an interesting wilderness was happening, like right when MTV broke. It's like you know, it, like anybody who had a video, like what the hell were those guys wearing, like. Yeah, they all I mean, like, the band looked awkward. Yeah, like like the lead singer was dancing a little. The lead like, singer looked no, but he looked like one of those insufferable guys that just knows he was born to be a star. That's like he had that whole persona the whole time, like over emoting over it. Yeah, you've got he, he sings at the future Alexis Arquette, like in the little right. He comes at and just like sings at him, uh, not so, to him, at him. Yeah, that's true too. So apparently, the song was originally inspired, according to the Wikipedia note on this, was originally inspired when uh, the guy from the Tubes who wrote it passed a booth on a San Francisco street outside a peep show. Um, the booth being marked with a sign reading "Pay a dollar, talk to a naked girl." And so I feel like that's sort of literate. Like at that, this point, that's like a very literal interpretation. But of a that's peep like show. how videos were at this time, right? Like they were either just totally super, like uh, follow the bouncing ball literal narrative or like so abstract that you had no idea where it was like a miasma like if there was mm -hmm. and there was never the twain show meet 
Anyway, I like I get a kick out. Of, it is totally nostalgia, but I get a kick out of that video, and we haven't watched I mean, it. I, I, I haven't, show. probably haven't seen it in thirty years, but I've, no, uh, I've never seen it before. So I'm I'm glad I, I I got to at least once in my life. Boom, sharing it. So after that little trip down memory lane, let's get back to a lane that I didn't necessarily have a whole lot of memories in and probably won't, you know, much further. Are you trying to say that? <laughs> street, East Street. Run down East, East Street. Asbury yeah. Park, New Jersey. Sure. Right. Born to me. Yeah, this is definitely not an album I'm going to, I'm going to revisit. Revisit. And again, I say I hate it. It's fine. It's just because it's not, it's absolutely diametrically opposed to anything that I actually want to listen to. But, you know, music, what? Your, your taste in music is ephemeral. There's no way to fucking put a finger on what you were going to like. I mean, sometimes there will be albums by the same, not even by the same performer, and like came out maybe the same year by people in the same genre, and one you just won't like at all, and the other one something hits you and you'll like it. That's true. I do think that like also it's a situation, we talked a little bit about the childhood factor and the formative years thing, and when that's a kind of recurring theme on this show. We talk about that a lot, especially when we dial, dial go into the Wayback Machine a little bit, but I also think that it's, you know, that like, um, that not just the moment of like what age you are, but like who you're connected to and how that goes. Like that guy talking about like getting to know born to run a little bit over a summer in Florida, like, and he attached that to like his dad working out or something and listening to this record. Like, it's like you just have these little sort of snippets and they graft into your personal experience. And then, like you interpret those through a filter as you get older. Like I don't even know how that works, but Springsteen seems to like sort of cornered the market on a certain angle. On there's definitely like well. a, I mean, here's the other weird thing about Bruce Springsteen. He has like legions of fans, and they're very devoted to him. I don't know any of them. Like, yeah, that's. The, I think maybe there's a there's a little bit. I I think it's sort of like I mean, it's it's not analogous in in every way to like Jimmy Buffett fans because the, God knows that the two musics well, just are walk into a frat house near University of Texas and like you'll, well you'll yeah but some. yeah but what I'm saying is that people that are like parrot heads or the people like that what I'm saying is that I think it it tends to skew a slightly older demographic than the people that I'm sharing album notes with you know like for for the most part but that's a I mean it's a good statement true yeah. You know, like deadheads. I mean, deadheads tend to have like like fans all across the spectrum. I'm talking like 12 years old all the way up to 80. You know, like yeah, yeah. so you everybody run into everybody loves a hacky sack, buddy. <laughs> everybody loves smoking joints, is I think probably what I mean. Except parking lot burritos, us, but yeah, parking, yeah, <laughs> parking lot selling beads I picked up off the road. I make my own beads out of free trade clay and but Fruit Loops. Hey, I don't think those ones last very long. That's what, that's what their little kids, the, the little kids that are con- together Fruit Loops, the kids that are conceived on tour, that they put them to work like making Fruit Loop and macaroni necklaces to sell. Trade, awesome. You know, does anybody? Um, I, I just I have to wonder this. Like, God, Bruce Springsteen. Like, if if you just sing like about a verse, or not even a verse, like a line of a verse to yourself, you're gonna start going like. Oh. 
<laughs> like it's it's so oh, raspy. Like, like it's, it's gritty. It's, it's like so it's, raspy. It's oh, so yeah, rough. Shane. But, but see, it hurts to do it. Even yeah, my my voice doesn't feel good right now. <laughs> but he's done it for entire albums. He does it four fucking hours a night. If nothing else, the guy deserves some respect for that shit, he's man. Devoted. Well, he's like he's got some shit going on that like he like he still has his voice. Like he could still do it for that long. He's not like. Maybe we were born. You know, he's not singing like that. Yeah, he doesn't have he just, uh, nodules. I just think he deserves, he may have at some point, <laughs> I think he deserves respect for, for his ability to produce sound out of his larynx like that for such a long career for so, so many hours a night. Who is it that did, that did the great impression of him? Uh, back in the day, it was... Uh, just go, you just, well, oh. you go ahead. Like oh, kids, shit. look that up. Uh, that's all I there was say. a there's a really amazing um, there's a really amazing uh, Tonight Show sketch where Fallon did uh, his he did a version of uh, he was Neil Young and he sang um, Willow Smith's "Whip My Hair Back and Forth." Oh, yeah, and Springsteen ni- came on with that. 1970s Bruce Springsteen and br- the actual Bruce Springsteen came on dressed like in the like. Whatever the little like touring hat, like the British touring hat. Yeah, I remember like, whatever that. the hell it was he used to wear during the seventies. The newsboy cap. Like, Whip my hair back, and like it was literally like it was. Anyway, look that shit up. That was yeah, that, that was, was amaze balls, or whatever people say. Amaze balls. Amaze balls. Some people say that. I I don't. I, I've know heard if that I'm said before. Get out of your face. I think that uh, <laughs> I think that Willow Smith might say amaze balls. That's that's probably. It kind of seems like something Will Smith may say. Willow. Willow Smith. Oh, Willow, Willow Smith. Smith. Well, yeah. I probably not. We're but, going off the know, rails here. Who knows? Anyway, uh, well, you guys want to listen to another song? Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we? Is it? The, I'm not the, saying do you want to, but I feel like we should. Yeah. We, no. <laughs> Meeting across the river was one that I thought I might kind of like. It got a little quieter. Uh, it's the one not as bombastic song as the rest of the album. Uh, coincidentally or not, um, it's the one song they no longer they don't play it live typically. Like they don't. Do, the, do you know why? Well, why don't we listen to it and 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 we'll come back and you can tell me if you if you know why they don't play it live. Draw okay. conclusions. interesting song like i guess they do play it now but for a while they didn't um i totally get why they wouldn't by the way yeah like that's what i was saying kill the room yeah i know like, yeah yeah <laughs> like, like why do all the t- yeah pull all the energy out of the room <laughs> no that's that's the song they play when everybody goes to the lobby and gets heinekens and shit or whatever they get at a spring scene concert I'm, i mentioned this uh before but years ago like 
There was a bar that I used to go to after college when I was still living out in West Texas that had had uh, Miles Davis kind of blue on the on the uh, jukebox. Jukebox, and I would go in there and play it at like one forty-five. Oh in the yeah, you said this before, and they were like. Bumming yeah. everybody out. They, they, well, no, they were just like they're like just like we have to still work. Like we don't close it. Like we close it too, but everybody gets to get out of here later, and you're killing us. Um, I kind of feel like this is like that. This is that version of a song. If you're if you're if you build your, you, you don't know, have to go home, but you can't stay here. If you build your street cred on like this high energy thing, it's like where did where does it fit? Like not at the beginning. Not at the to end. To me, when I hear that like, song, I just think of like this is okay. The, and you, Shane, you mentioned this during the song. Like it's the most musical. It's theater. so Broadway. Yeah, like, it's, it's little, like where you know the all the lights go dark except for one lone light on. Yeah, Bruce it's singing it, and then it comes back up. He's like, "So I gotta go, Jenny." You know, because her name's Jenny or whatever. Like that's mm-hmm. that's that's like the the every every like, like musical has guy. that. He's important. got the clown makeup, five o'clock shadow. Right, right. <laughs> that little soliloquy that they sing, like just them by themselves, or where the where the woman's like, she's either gonna leave him or should she get with him? Probably you know, like that. Every- yeah, probably an important point in the narrative arc of the show. You know, but. Yeah. What, it doesn't do a damn thing for me. What I thought was interesting on in the Wikipedia page is that they compared it to "Waiting for the Man" by Velvet Underground. I guess the, I, I guess what? I could I no, I could see that thematically. Thematically, yeah, not but not that, sonically. That might be my favorite Velvet Underground song. Not <laughs> n- not anywhere near sonically, but thematically, I I get like I kind of get it a little bit. I mean, I, those lyrics actually kind of do it for me. They are very evocative. Um, it does, the, li- sonic like song-wise, music-wise, melody-wise, song does nothing for me, but it slows it down to where I can kind of appreciate the lyrics a little bit more. And um, I think it's 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 an interesting story. It's basically, you know, this criminal guy. Down that, and out drug dealer or something. Well, like, it sounds to me like he's the kind of guy that just keeps getting busted for, like, petty shit and this one fucking time he's, he's got to go. break, man. Yeah, that guy. He's got to well, get into the city. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about that, but... Like there are those themes over and over again on this record, like which is like I'm, you know, just like trying to trying to catch a break or like, you know, fighting against like all of the all the the trouble that life is dealing you or whatever. Like, think, what do you guys think about that? I, I mean, think he returns. It's a device. I like, think he returns to those themes. I think it's a device, but I think it's a it's a lot of the reason why people, you know consider him a blue collar hero and also whether or not that that ne- that necessarily correlates to blue collar it just it, you know the somebody that's down and out and i think it's a lot of reason why people Relate respond to him, to him. yeah, yeah. The, the culture of where he was raised and and kind well, of you know he's always against the odds and he's 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 going to prove himself and succeed that type of and he's a, a champion for the 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 people with bad luck in this world like the trampled on i mean i get i get that i just don't get the music personally. Yeah. Doesn't do a thing for me. Yeah, um, me neither. It's salmon. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow. I think that's the consensus. We all said, I think all three of us said, yeah, at the same time. I think all four of us are on the same page about it. Like, anyway, I am glad we covered it, though, because I, th- I get, you know, again, this is another one of those. It was, it was like, one, it was an artist we needed to tick off. I don't, and I, don't, I mean, tick off the list. Like, yeah, I've got a, off. <laughs> t- 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 I, I have no interest in this. Like, like, one of us, we get it, we get an email like in the next Somebody couple days. Like, this, this episode to Bruce Springsteen. Listen to this. Bruce Springsteen's like, Springsteen's what? <laughs> yeah. I've got to get a hold of those assholes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm in my career over I'm, here. I, 40 years of success unhinged by one podcast. <laughs> yes, we must be sure that 
everybody knows we are not liable for anything that we say here in this podcast. Yeah. So anyway. yeah. So uh, Bruce Springsteen, by the way, if you do want to send us a, an angry missive, send it to message somebody at gmail dot com. Oh, I, 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 and and that oh, goes okay. for anybody else. That might be the highlight of my life if that actually does happen. <laughs> <laughs> it won't. But were it to have happened, yeah. So uh, we're gonna we'll figure out what we're doing next week, contingent upon whether or not we have a guest or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like we'll talk said. about that at the end of the show. Um, Ryan, what do you have for us on a um, for the current uh, affair? Current affair. Uh, it's by the band Best Coast. It's a good and, band. Uh, oh, I hear they're good. Yeah, well, actually, like it's funny you say that. Like that was a band that I had heard of quite a bit, and then um, you know I've gotten in the habit of just shazamming songs when I hear them. And once again, KUTX, thank you very much. Uh, but they have a song called Heaven Sent. Um, I know that the record came out in 2015, so it might be more than a year old. You know, that's fine as long um, as it's not out like seven it's years not ago. Seven or eight years old, no. Uh, but yeah, Heaven Sent by Best Coast. It's a little something called Jailhouse Rock. First thing that occurs to me is that like they used to be one thing that strike. Well, we can talk about the video, which I won't get into yet. But the but I think that one thing that strikes me re, as really different about this track than some of the stuff that they put out before is they they have always been very big like Phil Spector type wall of sound. Yeah, it's real different sound wise. Like that echo. I don't know any of their like, other stuff. So super echo. Like well, and they were like essentially like really great indie pop songs. That were that were filtered through this gigantic room, a la Phil Spector. A lot floatier, yeah, yeah, and like to the point where it was like some of that was like, even though I like those tracks, like was a little bit distracting to me in their older work. Well, so to me, that song, I know, that this pop is kind of cool. To its core, uh, yeah, but it's got it's got a lot of layers of guitar and whatnot. I I definitely was wondering when Veruca Salt was going to put another album out. Uh, <laughs> <Here you> go. <laughs> now they finally did at first i was like wait a minute did liz fair finally get some vocal lessons but um but then again i was then i was like well like i of course it's just belly <laughs> i don't know i, I, I it's, I like, I it's like a good, it's a good song but it's i mean there's it it i it's, mean it's, it's very much a pop song from 1994 i mean it's that's which is there's nothing wrong with that it's good stuff but it's also yeah. it's also um do you mean it's a definitely it, you're definitely in your wheelhouse with yeah. the, the song you picked this week? Eve's Plum back in the day. That yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of them. Uh, is that because it actually has guitar in it? Like, is that what we're talking about? It sounds like it came out in 1994, like a crunchy, like kind of. It, it, it's not very surprising that I would not, like this oh, song. Oh, oh no, no, no. Oh, that he liked this? No, it's yeah. not surprising at all that you would like the song. And it's it's pretty riffy, like it's riff tastic. Well, it's good. I, it's a good yeah. song. And as far as the the video goes, 
here's what I'm guessing went down. All right, guys, you got a budget of about a thousand dollars. Do what you can. <laughs> like it doesn't look entirely unprofessional or shot on an iPhone or something like some of the stuff we've seen, but like. You know, it's it's definitely kind of a bare bones production. Here's here's Which the, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, like the, the, the you know they don't make the labels like they did in the '90s. That's that is one thing. Is Nobody's true. getting a million dollar fucking signing bonus. No, I mean here's, that if that song had come out in 1993, it is fucking like oh, right behind Cannonball over. on the goddamn charts. Uh-huh. <laughs> Probably so, where it belongs to be. This like, is I really get a song. kick out of this. So like, we're we're talking a little bit about. Um, some of this band's influences and Mark pulled up the Wikipedia page. And, you know, one of the things that like they had a 2013 EP called fade away. That was primarily, this says primarily inspired by Mazzy star, Patsy Klein and my bloody Valentine. I don't know when the last time you saw that Holy triumvirate, like trotted out there. Oh, I mean, as far as this song goes, I can hear the, my bloody Valentine in it. Uh, but it's, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's totally different. The, 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 the 2013 thing was the first thing that I heard the first uh, thing they put out. I didn't realize they went on tour with Waves. That's another album that we've never talked about on this. You've texted me about them at like three in the morning. Because they're at good. At some point. Yeah, uh, it was like two years ago. Well, hot damn. Anyway, no, I got it. I enjoyed it. Like I. Yeah. Oh, the one, the one other thing I wanted to bring up about the video is uh, I've noticed a trend, and it's not universal, but enough that it's worth noting. The bookish glasses wearing bass player. Um, oh yeah, that's that's like a. I don't know why they gravitate to the bass. The, the guys um, with the glasses. Yeah, like Mike Mills and you remember. Well, Jason there's, from there's Jason. Yeah, yeah um, they're they're just learning. They're back there studying things. I guess, uh, but it's a it's a type. I don't know. It's because they're sitting in the back of the of, of the band and they don't have to like they're, put their contacts in. Yeah, yeah. They can just sit back there and you know noodle, noodle. around. There, yeah. Anyhow, I dig it. All right, so next week we got some. Maybe got something coming up. Maybe Ryan's going to be doing it. We just maybe our friend Matt. Maybe Matt's coming back. He Matt is coming back at some point. So we're just gonna, we're just not gonna stick a fork in it and say it's done. I don't know. I've always wanted to say he's that. Gonna be Send like us, our uh, Charles Nelson Riley of the Tonight Show in the seventies. Like he's just he just uses it back like once a month. Yeah, pretty much. I guess so. Send us a note if you if you're uh, want to share some feedback. Uh, hit us up on the face place. Face place. Face place. You face. Uh, who are you facing? As the, yeah. as, as the saying goes. We're it, trying to have 30 rock bits. But anyway, yeah. Uh, enjoyed it, guys. This was a good one. We'll uh, look forward to next week. Sounds good to me. In the meantime, I'm Kevin. I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. Mark. <laughs> this is Somebody Likes It.